as uh, Max said, we do have a financial ministry. Um, Carrie and I are a part of it, as well as Jim Mishir, who spoke last week. And the last member is Danny Chan, who's uh, uh, he's incredibly smart and gifted on the financial side. So we really do have a good team there. So if anything that you heard uh, during this past week kind of sparked your interest, or if God is kind of prompting you to take that step in, uh, either it might be resolving uh, financial difficulties, or even starting a business. You know, um, we, we definitely are open to sit down with you and um, discuss that with you. We don't have all the answers. We're not saying we're, you know, we know everything, but we do have the resources to connect you with the right people, and we do have the resources to at least, you know, point you in the right direction. So take advantage of that. But anyway, today uh, we're wrapping up the financial fitness series. And we're going to be talking about where to invest your money. And that is kind of a hot topic. When I saw that was assigned to me, I was kind of a little nervous. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to give investment advice up here. But um, that really is uh, the question. Where should we invest our money? Uh, Sonny had a really, he's part of our small group, he had a really keen observation. He said, okay, well, if you ask a real estate uh, a realtor, hey, where should I invest my money? They'll say, buy real estate. That's the best investment. Talk to a stockbroker, they're going to tell you, you know what, stocks. Long term, you, you're, you know, stocks, the stock market has always gone up. If you talk to a, a life insurance agent, they'll tell you, you know, the best and safest way to uh, invest your money is in a whole life insurance policy. You know, but really, everybody has an angle. Everybody is selling you something. You know, so who do you trust? Um, last week, Jim talked about where to invest our money, and he said, I said, yeah, Jim, you know, what's a, what's a good investment? Uh, where should I, I put my money? You know, what, what, what advice can you give our people? And he goes, oh, I have this business opportunity. You know, you can live the lifestyle of your dreams. You can work only part-time. And I said, Jim, I told you so many times, not interested in Amway. Thank you very much. <laughs> I hope, I mean, Amway, there's nothing wrong with Amway, <laughs> but it's just not for me. Um, but, but seriously, Jim did say, uh, what are the habits of financial fitness? And um, one of the habits is that we have to understand that God is our source. So if God is the source of our money, you know, wouldn't it make sense to ask him, you know, what, what do we, where should we invest that money that he's entrusted us with? Uh, so today what we will talk about is uh, well, based on Matthew 6, Jesus is speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, and he says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What's really neat about this is Jesus says, you can store up treasures in heaven. Um, and what does he mean by that? You know, how, how do we invest in heaven? How do we invest in eternity? Uh, the, the phrase store up for yourselves, he's not talking about storing up for God, storing up for him. You know, he's really saying you can store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. So he's saying that I will enjoy forever what I invest in heaven. So really, listen to this. The I will enjoy forever what I invest in heaven. And so what I invest in heaven, I'm going to enjoy forever. Pastor Rick says, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And I, I, I like that because um, 
when we're saying storing up treasures in heaven, God's saying you can have your own personal bank account in heaven. First uh, Timothy, verse six, uh, uh, chapter six, verse seventeen and eighteen says, "Tell those who are rich, and that's all of us, because we're in America, and really we're in the top five percent richest people in the world just by being here." <laughs> So tell those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which will soon be gone, but their pride, but their pride and their trust should be in the living God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. So we talked about in this series that money is a tool, so it's not evil or it's not good but it's a tool, as a tool to be used, not to be buried or to be hidden under a mattress. And the Bible says we are to use it to do good. It says, tell them to use their money to do good. And so then when we use our money to, good, to do good, then we are investing in heaven. We're building our treasures in heaven. And so um, that's the second point. In, if I invest in heaven every time, I use money for good. And remember the story of the rich young ruler? Uh, Jesus told him, go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and your treasure will be in heaven. Uh, so let's look at uh, Timothy 6, 18. It says, they should be rich in good works. So I use my money to do good works. And should give happily to those in need, always ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasures for themselves in heaven. And so I'm going to enjoy forever what I invest in heaven. And so every time I again use my money to do good, that is making a deposit into my bank account in heaven. And so how do I do that? Uh, you know, do you just kind of randomly give money away, or you know, um, but? No. Uh, so there's, there's always a method. God has an order. And um, what's good is he's provided us that in Scripture. And so today I'll be introducing you to the five investment funds that God um, has in his portfolio. And so the first fund is what's called God's Growth Fund. And so God's Growth Fund says, I invest in eternity, this is point number one, every time I use money to grow my character. So if you look at Proverbs 10, 16, it says, the earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money in sin. So notice wise people, godly people, they use their money to make their lives better, to enhance their lives. Uh, on the other hand, evil people waste their money and they just spend it on needless stuff. You know, they spend it on material things. Yeah, not things that will um, build your character. So how do I enhance my life with money? How do I invest in God's growth fund? I invest in my growth. And we're talking about growth. Um, we say I use it to grow emotionally. I use that money to grow spiritually. I use that money to um, just better my skills. Uh, I can, if I buy um, a Christian book, you know, book study, if I buy CDs or DVD series uh, that I'm going to show in small group, to, uh, those are all investments in God's growth fund. Um, like the investment product, uh, 
growth funds are not looking for an immediate return. They really are looking at long-term capital appreciation, long-term growth. And so similarly, investing in God's growth fund is a long-term return. So you really are spending the time now to receive the rewards later. And uh, again, with God's growth fund, this is for eternity. Luke says in, uh, in chapter 2, verse 52, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So when he was growing up as a young boy, uh, the scripture says he grew in four different ways. He grew in wisdom, so that's intellectual growth. He grew in stature, so that's physical growth. He grew in favor with God, that's spiritual growth. And he grew in favor with man, and that's social growth. So again, anytime you use your money to grow in any of these four areas, that's investing in God's growth fund. So, yeah. So again, we want to invest in things that are going to grow our character. And that's just, again, one of the funds in God's portfolio. Take a look at Proverbs 23.23. It says, invest in truth and wisdom, discipline, and good sense, and don't part with them. The message paraphrase is more direct. It says, buy wisdom, buy education, and buy insight. Um, Proverbs 16.16 says it's better, much better, to have wisdom and knowledge than gold and silver. And so what he's saying there is it's really better to put your money in something that's going to help you grow instead of just having it sit on the side you know, and kind of just storing it for a rainy day. Not that there's anything wrong with you know, doing an emergency fund, but again, part of the uh, solid investment strategy is you need to spend that money to um, invest that money so that it grows. And so the first thing God says is to invest some of your money in a growth fund, uh, help you grow smarter, wiser, and more skilled. And then now we'll move on to the second fund. The second fund in God's portfolio is called God's mutual fund. And so investing in God's mutual fund means I can invest in eternity by using money to encourage fellowship. Now this one is a great one, and I think um, we do this a lot uh, naturally, but I don't think we realize you know, the impact that we're having you know, on our, our treasures in heaven. So when I use money to encourage fellowship, to draw us closer to our brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm building relationships with one another. You know, and it's really key, really important. If you look at how the early church did, you know, they did, they did fellowship. They broke bread. And that was not just by chance, but again, they really are, are making an investment. And this is in God's mutual fund. Romans 12.10 says, love one another with mutual affection. If you go on to Romans 12.13, it says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So did you know when we spend money on hospitality to other people, it's like, again, making another deposit into your account in heaven. You're not wasting that money. So God's telling you he loves a good party. You know, especially here in Hawaii. That's a you know, great thing. You're not wasting that money. You are making a deposit in the bank of heaven. Hebrews 10.24 says, Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. And so really it's not just, hey, here, we're going to do a small little gathering. and be No, no, he's really saying be creative. You know, spur one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. And, you know, so we really want to show that generosity. And that's what God's talking about is, as far as investing in his mutual fund. And so anytime you give 
to other believers, use your money to help and serve other believers and show love, it really draws us closer to them and it builds fellowship and it's an investment again in your, your heavenly bank account. And so uh, currently we do a small group and we host a potluck every week. And so uh, all of those people are investing in God's mutual fund. You know, Sonny brought a case of water in. Great guy, but that's an investment in uh, his mutual fund. Uh, we are now in the middle of making a big investment in our God's mutual fund because we are renovating our house. And, but uh, we are really doing it because uh, we want our house to be an open house. We re- really want our house to be a blessing to others. Uh, we want to host you know, couples or small groups or large groups, you know, and that's kind of the, the desire of our heart. When we bought the house, God placed that in our... Um, it was, wasn't the house that we thought we were going to get because if you know us, we're very much conservative, very much you know, trying to save our money. Um, but uh, we ended up with a house that uh, is a lot bigger than what we feel that we had needed. You know, but again, the, the, the message that God was giving us is, no, I really want you to use that house to be a blessing to as many people as you possibly can. And already, we've um, opened our house up. It, uh, we do our small group there. We only have a kitchen of a hot plate and a toaster oven. <laughs> and we've been living that way for a year. But, you know, it's amazing what you can do. Uh, we've had guests stay overnight. Somebody had a flight that they were by the airport. They had a flight to catch. Said, sure, you know, come to our house. They had to sleep on an air bed. There was no furniture. The, the bathroom kind of worked, you know, but it was, uh, it was a blessing to them. Um, but why are we doing this? Why does God want us to use um, some of our money to show love to other believers? Again, there's three reasons. In 2 Corinthians 9, 12, and 13, it says, This service you do not only helps the needs of God's people, it also brings many more thanks to God and is a proof of your faith. Many people will praise God because you obey the good news of Christ, the gospel you say you believe, and because you freely share with them. And so, again, it says, when I give to help other people who are believers, you know, I'm meeting their needs. I'm giving thanks to God by doing this as well. And it proves your faith. You know, so it, it puts feet to your faith. Uh, these are the actions that give life to your faith. Uh, it shows that I'm really in the family of God. And aren't we generous to our family members? The second reason is it creates unity in the body. When I share with you, when I give my money to other Christians, uh, it, it creates unity. And this is why uh, here at KCF, we really encourage you to be a part of a small group. Because that's where you get connected. That's where you get plugged in. That's where your needs um, are, be, are getting met. You know, that's where people can help you out, help others, whether it be, again, just praying for you or you know, giving a little bit of money to help support you or just providing physical help in, in doing certain things. You know, that's really where you connect and build that unity in the body. The Bible says in Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And the third reason why God wants me to invest in the mutual fund is it's a witness to unbelievers. And so every time you use your money to show love to your fellow Christians, it is a witness to people who don't believe in Christ. Uh, it says in 3 John 1.5, 
when you extend hospitality to your Christian brothers and sisters, even when they're strangers, you make the faith visible. So our hospitality towards one another is a physical expression of our faith. It's people that people can see, see how we behave towards one another, even if, again, they're not our immediate friends, but it's just a brother and sister in Christ, and we know they have a need, and we reach out and we go and, and meet that need. Um, Non-Christians will look and say, hey, I want some of that. And so first God says, I want you to invest in the growth fund to grow your character. Uh, I want you to invest in the mutual fund uh, to use your money to show love to other believers. And then there's a third fund in God's investment portfolio, three out of five. It's called God's service fund. So God's service fund is, I invest in eternity every time I use my money to serve others. And this is... Um, we're talking non-believers outside of the church, outside of the family of God. So I'm using my money to serve others. God wants me to take some of the money I get and use it to help people who are in need. Our church has a mantra, small things with great love. I'm sure you've heard that many times over. Um, but that is investing in God's service fund. If you look at uh, the Rock Homes and the Fongs, they serve at the Next Step Homeless Shelter every month and faithfully have done that for years you know so they are investing in, in god's service fund but the great thing about that is that many of us had the opportunity to go and serve alongside with them and so that's just given all of us an opportunity to invest in god's service fund so you're already doing it but don't let it stop there there's many other opportunities uh let's take a look at some other verses that talk about god's uh, service fund in Ecclesiastes 11, 1 and 2, it says, Be generous. Invest in acts of charity. Charity yields high returns. Don't hoard your goods. Spread them around. Be a blessing to others. This could be your last night. Well, a little sobering on that part, but what's being said here? It's saying, be generous, give to charity. And why? Because it yields high returns. I don't think we always think about um, the returns when we're giving to charity, but where are those returns? Those returns are being banked in heaven in your service fund there. And um, yeah, you want to give now. Don't hoard your stuff, you know, because, you know, give now. You, yeah, you don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow. If you think, yeah, down the road I'll retire, and then uh, that's when I'll start, you know, blessing people and giving out. But you don't know if, if that's where you're going to be. So give now. At least you know where your money's going. At least you have some say in who you bless and where it goes. Uh, for our family, well, what we do is we actually maintain a separate um, charitable contribution fund. And so we set aside money at the beginning of each year to say, okay, this is the amount that we're, we are going to designate to donate to charity. And so this is not tithes and offers offering. This is totally separate, just giving to charity. And we set this aside so that when the opportunity comes up, when we have opportunities to give to, uh, you know, Aloha United Way or, you know, some other charities or even individuals in need, you know, we have, we can freely give because, again, we've already set that money aside. And so it's not a matter of, oh, shoot, do we have money this month in our, in our bank account? We've already set that money aside and so we can share freely. This is, again, investing in God's service fund. This, too, is what breathes life into our faith. Again, it shows evidence of our faith. James 2.15 says, Suppose you see a brother and sister who needs food or clothing, and you say, God bless you, stay warm, eat well. 
but we don't give them anything. You know, what good is that? You know, faith that doesn't show itself by works is dead. And so by doing these deeds, that's how you show that your faith has life. You know, by reaching out and actually buying them a meal or giving them clothing, you know, that, is, that speaks, you know, volumes more than just saying, God bless you, I'll pray for you. Back in 1999, Joyce Kawakami was a youth leader at a local church. And so she noticed that some of the teens uh, weren't getting enough nutritious food to eat. So what she did was she would go out, buy groceries, so that they could take it home. Uh, word got out, and other people started asking Joyce for help. So what she started doing is starting a regular food distribution just out of the trunk of her car. It got so popular that in 2002, um, or she traded her truck for a sedan, her sedan for a truck, and then started serving out of her truck. In 2002, she actually moved that program into Grace Bible Church, Kahului, Maui. That's where she was attending. And um, it became known as Feed My Sheep. I don't know if any of you have heard of that organization, but from that time, uh, they've grown. And so today, what they are is actually a, a collaboration of different church congregations, other ministries, corporate sponsors, you know, that at one point, they have actually were feeding 100% of Maui's hungry. Isn't that amazing? So that there's no hunger on Maui for a, a period of time. It was absolutely phenomenal. And so Joyce is now the CEO, and she works full-time at, at Feed My Sheep, but she doesn't take a salary, doesn't take any kind of benefit package. You know, she really is, wants the money to go to, uh, again, the ministry. But can you imagine how much Joyce has deposited in the service fund? Can you imagine how many people she's helped make deposits into that service fund? You know, so it's just really incredible as what, again, what can happen just by making that, that deposit and really being deliberate about uh, making that investment. The great thing is God has also put many promises in Scripture about investing in his service fund. Proverbs 11.24 says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. doesn't seem to make sense. Right? You give your money away, but you get more. If you hoard your money, you actually end up with less. The, again, why is this? Because the more you help, the more God blesses. And that's, again, a kingdom principle, and that's how God works time and time again. Proverbs 28.27 says, Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. Ooh, harsh. Proverbs 19.17 says, If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. What a great promise. So this is what investing in eternity looks like. You know, different than what you would think, you know, physical investing is here on earth. You know, it's, a, it's again, different mindset, different way of thinking and looking at things. But, you know, God is faithful. The fourth investment fund is called God's Global Fund. So I can invest in eternity by using money to bring people to Jesus. And that's the Global Fund. So when I use my money to bring people to Jesus, to spread the gospel, to give out Bibles, to buy um, material for people, when I buy cookies to support Alaska Blaze, when I donate to um, the team that goes out to Ishinomaki, or if I even join the Fongs on the, their trip to Thailand, those are all investments in God's global fund. And you're storing up treasures for yourselves in heaven. 
So God wants you to use some of your money to take the good news around the world. Luke 16.9 says, Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Okay, so what, what does that mean? It sounds a little bit weird there. It says, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself. Uh, is he saying that you can buy your friends? No, 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 that's not what that means. What he's saying is, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so when your money is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. So those, you're investing in getting those people to heaven so when you get to heaven, those people will welcome you there. So wouldn't it be amazing if you get to heaven and people see, you have people coming up to you and say, thank you, you, know, you paid for that vacation Bible school booklet that I received in sixth grade that really you know, led me to Christ. Or you paid for the dinner when I went and visited the Alpha Course, you know, and that was my first introduction to uh, you know, Christianity. Or you helped you know, sweep the floor or build the wall you know, in front of my house after I got destroyed by the tsunami, and that really changed my my view of missionaries and you know and you're the reason that i'm here in heaven you know i mean that that's just the that chicken skin is is crazy that you know that's what you can the impact that you can have with investing your money in god's global fund and so when you invest in people invest your money into getting people to heaven there really is no higher use of your money god is saying to reach one more for Jesus, that's the highest use of your, your money. And so is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? I mean, that's a kind of a sobering thought, you know, where it's, a, again, eternal decision, not just for your own salvation, but for the other people. And it doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, it can be just a small investment, you know, it can be a large investment, but, you know, it's, again, be deliberate about your investment. If you keep, you know, is anybody going to, be in heaven because you gave up coffee or because you didn't bring home lunch or you didn't buy lunch for a week or you decided not to buy a luxury item and instead use that money so that you could go on a short-term mission trip. You know, those are the things that really make a difference as far as investing in God's global fund. And it's called the global fund because God has always cared about the whole world. In uh, 3 John 1.8, it says, We must support believers who go on trips like this so that we can work together with them in spreading the truth. Uh, Carrie and I had the opportunity to join the Alaska Ablaze team back in 2011. And really, it was quite an amazing experience you know, for us per personally. You know, and again, we just happened to be, have the right skill set at the right time you know, to really serve in ministry on that mission trip. And as a result, we continue to invest in God's global fund, and we've supported the team in some way or another you know, every year since then. In fact, we just had a share night on this past Friday. If you were there, you would just, again, blown away at what God continues to do with that Alaska Blaze mission uh, team. But uh, Jared and Tiana, faithful uh, servants, they really are the fund managers. I mean, yes, they're investing in God's global fund, but look at how many people that they've helped also make that investment into God's global fund. And so how many people are much richer? How many people are going to be in heaven because of Jared and Tiana, because of the Alaska Ablaze team, because of Nate Momohara and the team that goes to Ishinomaki, because of Barry and Amy Fong you know, that go out to Thailand every single year? How many people have they touched and how many people have they made a difference um, in their lives? 
And even if you can't go on a short-term mission trip because you have, you know, maybe you have little kids or you have um, other commitments or you have, you know, maybe you're a little older or you've moved on in years and, you, you know, you can't get there, uh, you can still help others buy in by investing in and helping them get to their, their destinations. Uh, we talked, I mentioned earlier that we set aside a charitable giving fund and this last year, actually, God prompted us to do the same for a missions fund. So we did, we did the same. We created a missions fund. And we, set, we funded it and set it aside so that we know that we always will have money set aside, dedicated, so that we can continue to provide support to the teams that come out of KCF or to any other missionaries that you know, God leads us to help support. So again, be deliberate about your support. There's many ways that you can uh, invest in God's global fund. Uh, then there's last, one last fund uh, which God wants us to invest. It's called God's Treasury Fund. And so I can invest in eternity by using money to worship God. And so when I give money to God as an act of worship, I'm investing in his treasury fund. And uh, treasury funds in an investment portfolio uh, typically represent low-risk low yield, you know, kind of a place to park your money, uh, like a default fund, uh, instead of putting it in, a, in the bank. And so similarly, uh, as we talked about last uh, week, Proverbs 3.9, it says, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income, and he'll fill your barns and overflow your barrels. And so we talked about giving the first 10%, that's the tithe. And um, this is one of the habits that we need to develop in order to be financially free. This is the default investment. You know, really, if you're not ready to make an investment in the rest of the funds, really this is kind of the thing. By default, this is what you should do, you know, as far as you're uh, starting out your investment. It should be in God's treasury fund. You know, give the Lord your tithes. Then it talks about giving an offering. And so what an offering is, uh, that is an act of worship where anything above that 10%, that's considered an offering. And so again, we're doing this as an act of worship. We're reminded of it every time that we take our offering in service. We're saying we do this as an act of worship. So yes, your tithe is an act of worship to God. Anything above that is an offering. That is an act of worship to God. And these are all investments in God's treasury fund. And why... why do we do this? Why? Does God need our money? Goes, no, no, he doesn't. You know, we really are, especially when we're looking at the offering, we're giving it as an expression of our love to say, God, you know, we really do, we love you. You know, and this is, again, another way of just being able to humble ourselves, release that grip that we have on, on money, and just saying, this is for you, Lord. Matthew 6.21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so that's why God wants us to give to. Because where our money is, that's where our heart is. And so, again, tithes and offering, basic, you know, fun. If anything else, yeah, this would be, again, the great place to start your investment. And so, what is the most expensive thing you own? Is it an iPhone? Is it a car? What about a house? You know, if you think about it, do you think about how, you know, that, that item often? Do you buy accessories for it or do you spend money fixing it up? You know, why? It's because that's where your money is and that's where your focus is. Or on another, like, another example would be, 
if you ever purchase stock in a company. Now, you may use Google, search the internet, you, know, you use it all the time, you like it, like I say, it's way, way better than Bing, I don't know. But, um, but you don't really have to care about Google, the company, you know, if, to use it and to appreciate it. But if you bought stock in Google, then all of a sudden, your interest is different. You want to know, what are they doing? Why are they focusing on Google Glass? Why are they doing autonomous cars? How does that affect my stock price? You know, and so again, where your money is, that's where your heart's going to be. And so where you put your money shows what your priori where your priorities are and where your values uh, are. And so where is your heart today? Regardless of what you say is important, regardless of what you think, oh yeah, this is what I think is really important to me, you know, the true test is two areas. You can look at your checkbook or your credit card statements and look at your schedule you know, or your calendar. You know, that's what's going to show you what's important to you. Because where you spend your money and where you spend your time, that shows really what is, what, 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 that's what you worship. That's where, you know, your heart is. I haven't done this in a while, so I logged into personal capital. That's what we talked about before, kind of this online thing that kind of tracks your finances. But again, it, it gives you a categorization of where you spend your money. And I took a look at that and we, we now have a mortgage, so that's kind of the, the big thing out there. But uh, the next category down is called charitable contributions, and that is by far our largest category. You know, and so that includes our tithes and offerings, it includes, again, donations to charity, it includes, um, you know, includes the missions fund giving, and so that, that really is our, our largest category. And so that's what we value as far as where we're spending our money. Um, we looked at our, I didn't look at our calendar and then kind of calculate all of where we're spending our time, but I can tell you that um, we took to heart Proverbs 22.6 that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so when our son Andrew was born, my wife and I made a decision to sacrifice and uh, take part-time jobs. I actually ended up resigning from my existing job, and God opened up a, a part-time position for me. Um, just it worked out really well, and so combined we spend about 50 hours at work, and the remainder of our time is spent, uh, you know, training up Andrew in the way that he should go. And so it's, it is a sacrifice. We've been doing it for the past two and a half years, but God has really blessed us in that during that time we we bought the house, and you know we're working on renovations, and you, you know it's like you don't think that that can happen. But you know we're able to do that, and we're able to invest the time in training Andrew in the way that he should go. And um, we know we still can give generously. Uh, we are going to be doing this for another I don't know how many years because we're expecting another uh, daughter in <laughs> December. And so, but God has been faithful, and He's really blessed this investment. And that is, you know, when we look at where our money is going, we look at where our time is going. You know, that's where. Um, our, it reflects where our heart is. So my question to you is, where do you want your heart to be? If you want your heart to be to God, one of the things you do is invest your tithes and offerings. So in conclusion, we talked about five funds as where God said to invest your money. God's growth fund, building your character. God's mutual fund, building fellowship amongst the body of Christ. God's service fund, uh, using your money to help others. God's global fund, 
know, about going out and spreading the gospel and God's treasury fund about using money to worship God. And so where do you want to start investing? Uh, Job 22, 24, and 25 says, Give up the lust for money, and the Almighty himself will be your treasure. And so what treasure is most precious to you? Um, where are you storing your treasure? So I want to close with uh, a little story. So there once was a rich man who was near death. He was very grieved because he worked so hard for his money. And so he wanted to take it with him to heaven. So he prayed and he prayed, and an angel came and appeared and said, yeah, uh, no, I'm sorry, you can't take it with you. You know, I'm sorry. And so the man said, you know, can you ask God, can you just beg on my behalf you know, to make this one exception? So the angel goes back, and the man continues to pray. And the angel comes back to him and says, you know what? God said, we'll make an exception just for you. You can bring one suitcase with you. Man's overjoyed. He's like, wow, one suitcase. Bought the biggest suitcase that he could find. Stacked it with gold bars, you know, because that's, you know, the most concentrated way of, you know, taking his wealth with him. And he was just like, yeah, I'm set. So then a couple years later, when the man passes away, you know, he shows up at the gates of heaven with his suitcase, lugging it with him. The angel goes, wait, you know, you can't bring that in here. And the guy goes, no, remember, I, I talked to you, I got the exception. The angel's like, oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. We got you the exception. He goes, but I, I got to look at it before you bring it in here, you know. So the angel said, okay, I want to see what you feel is so precious that you're going to bring with you, you know, from earth into heaven. So he opens up the suitcase, and he's like, what? You brought pavement? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> <Can't> anyway. <laughs> All right, some of you will, will, will take a while to get that. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. If you're using your money to do good, you're using your money to, um, that, to serve the purposes that God has placed you here in heaven. <laughs> all right, all right. Store up treasures for yourself in heaven. Don't bring it with you, as you can't. All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. All right, dear Heavenly Father, uh, forgive us for all the things that we've spent that uh, all the things that we've spent on that aren't going to last. Uh, we we really want to spend our money doing good. We want to invest in eternity and store up for ourselves treasure in heaven. Help us invest in the godly funds that you've given us. Uh, teach us how to use our money in a way that you want us to use it, in a way that glorifies you. Give us opportunities to invest in the growth fund to grow our character, to show us ways that we can invest the mutual fund, to creative ways of blessing each other and strengthening the re our relationships with one another, and open our eyes to investments in the service fund, and give us boldness to serve uh, those needs. Keep us aware of the global fund and provide multiple ways for us to support the spreading of the gospel. And finally, make investing in the treasury fund a habit for us and to help us worship you through more uh, of our tithes and offerings. And help us keep our treasure in you, Lord, so that our hearts will be with you as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I guess you are free to go. There are three refreshments in the back. Thank you very much. Again, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to come up to Carrie, myself, or if you want to 
talk to somebody in the finance ministry, Jim and Danny are also available. All right, thank you.